This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning. Good morning. It's Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Malcolm White with Carol Puckett. Good morning, Carol. Good morning, Malcolm. How you doing? It's a soulful Monday morning, and I'm feeling real good. And yourself? I have no complaints. It's a beautiful day. Beautiful day. It's uh, fall or autumn, depending on which term you prefer. I like both, but I guess I prefer autumn because it's more poetic than fall certainly more poetic but they're both a lovely time of year uh here in the deep south we get two reprieves we get a nice spring reprieve and then we get a beautiful autumn reprieve between our really hardcore summer and our sort of mild winter i feel like there's a lot going on given a gift with the cool weather of the past week or so it's it's just been magnificent very early, it reminds you of autumn years ago when you used to bring out your fall cottons and think about the fair. It's been cool, cool, cool. Yeah, and speaking of gifts, I had a wonderful gift in my house yesterday. Kara baked her very first coffee cake. It is a sour cream cinnamon streusel, and I'm going to give uh, Java credit for playing Neil Young's Cinnamon Girl that uh, got me the cinnamon coffee cake. Well, I actually saw a picture of the coffee cake on Cooking and Coping, our Facebook site, last night. Uh, There was some beautiful food on Cooking and Coping uh, over the weekend, and Kara's cake certainly ranked right up with the best of the best. Yeah, and she cooked it in a sort of a spring form, uh, you know, cheesecake-style apparatus but she didn't have a centerpiece so she just jammed a couple of ramekins down in the middle in order to form the oval and it has a beautiful crumbly uh top that is just divine and i am grateful to have that you what know did you that's, cook? that's a great a great example though of what kara did with her cake on how we can adapt and you know, create things in the kitchen, in the kitchen, like using a glass for a biscuit cutter or a, a teacup. You know, people don't have to have a gadget for every single thing or a pan for every single thing. I mean, most of us don't have the storage for that, but that's a great idea of a solution. Yeah, yeah, and it worked out nicely, particularly for your <laughs> for yours truly. Well, Carol and I uh, shot a video this week uh, for uh, an upcoming arts conference uh, that the Mississippi Arts Commission hosts. Carol and I did a, we cooked a lunch uh, at Carol's Kitchen, and it was our first uh, Deep South dining outside of the studio. Yeah, it was. Uh, and we, we cooked, it was a really simple lunch, but it was so tasty. And the whole idea of the lunch Uh, is that there's a big arts conference going on. Of course, it's, you know, over Zoom. It's a virtual arts conference. And during the lunch break, 
they wanted content while people are making their own lunches in, in their homes so they can cook along with Malcolm and me. Uh, they're sending out the recipes first. It, it was, we call it a turkey Rubenstein after our dear friend who's no longer with us, Michael Rubenstein. And then, because we had John Currents on the show last week, we did his wonderful cucumber and onion salad. It was a perfect pairing with the turkey Rubenstein. Yeah, it was really great. We really, we need to tell them what made the turkey Rubenstein different. Well, we did two styles. Both, of course, were pressed, uh, as all Rubens are, or uh, like a grilled cheese, you know, browned on both sides, melting the center. Carol cooked hers on a panini pan, a very traditional way to prepare a Reuben. I, on the other hand, heated mine up with an ironing board and an iron. In fact, it was my ironing board and iron, and I've got to remember to clean the iron this morning. Because otherwise, but, you'll be walking around smelling <laughs> like a Reuben. Well, this was this was a <clears throat> nod to a Southern Foodways lecture that Malcolm did many years ago, and you know it still lives in history. In fact, we were having a guest on our show named Adrian Miller who wrote the soul food book and he's from Colorado hadn't seen him in a while. And I called to tell him about the show. And I said, my partner, the you know, co-host is Malcolm white. You may have met him before at Southern food waste. He said, Oh yeah, that's the press po'boy guy. Everybody <laughs> remembers Malcolm standing on the stage at the Southern food waste conference with an ironing board and an iron talking about the tradition of the Biloxi pressed po'boy. Yeah. And we've got guests on today from Biloxi and Ocean Springs and the Mississippi Gulf Coast. We'll ask them what they know about the old press po'boy, even though I'm sure we'll be talking about those fantastic biscuits at the greenhouse on Porter oh my in God. Ocean Springs and in Biloxi. You know, one of our guests, Julian Brunt, is the only living human being who's ever gotten a culinary apprenticeship from the Mississippi Arts Commission. And it was when Julian was transitioning from one career to another. Julian used to be the executive director of the Dusty Bonger Foundation. And that's how I met Julian uh, after Hurricane Katrina. Uh, I was working on recovery on the coast, and I met this fella who was running the Dusty Bonger foundation. Dusty was a great visual artist, a painter from Biloxi. And that was what um, Julian was doing. And then after that gig was up, he was ready to transition into something else. So he signed up for a culinary apprenticeship and now has this career as a food photographer, a food writer, and a food stylist. All right, we got a caller on the line. Is it Kathy from Natchez? Did I see that yes. right? Job? Yes, it is. Hey, Kathy. Hello. How you doing? Doing fine. Instead of like you had me at hello, you had me at Reuben. As soon as I turned the radio on and I heard <laughs> Reuben, that's my most favorite sandwich. Um, and now I, I laughed when you said about uh, using the iron in the ironing board. That was fun. Yeah, but that's a good thing. That's a country way to do what you have to do. But my problem I have, if I go somewhere to get a Reuben, 
And they give you a Reuben, and it's on soggy bread where they have not toasted it properly. I hate mm. that. Ooh, disaster. Yeah, that's a no-no. Yeah, uh, yeah the Reuben uh, has many features. Uh, it has that beautiful combination of whatever meat you choose with the cheese and then the sauerkraut and whatever condiment you use. And when they meld together, because heat is applied to both sides, you get this beautiful center. But the two exterior pieces of bread must be crunchy and toasted to perfection. Otherwise, your Reuben falls flat and soggy. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm glad you agreed with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kathy, I, I just want to say one uh -huh. thing that made ours so delicious the other day is Malcolm <clears throat> brought a wonderful comeback sauce for you know for the Reuben, and it had a little had a little kick to it, and it just took it to another level. And I, I wanted to know, Malcolm, where you got that comeback sauce? Well, that particular batch I brought from Senatobia, Mississippi, where I had <clears throat> uh, done a presentation last week. Uh, on a traveling exhibition that the Mississippi Humanities Council uh, and the Smithsonian Institution uh, had sponsored. And it was at the library at Northwest Mississippi Community College. And I was the featured speaker talking about foodways and food culture in Mississippi. And some of the cafeteria workers at Northwest decided to make a batch of comeback sauce and serve it. And there was some extra. And so I brought it home. So it was a nice kicked up uh, just the right amount of temperature on that comeback. Is it almost like, you know, like when you go somewhere and you get like the sauce for your onion rings, is it kind of like a tangy, still like Thousand Island dish, kind, but like tangy? Is that how it is? It, yes. And in, fa in fact, yeah, you can use Thousand Island yeah, as a, a a condiment on the Reuben, you know, if you do that, I, I recommend kicking it up with a little hot sauce. But oh. if you have time to make your own comeback sauce, it's well worth it. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank yeah, you all so much. Is, I appreciate it. Okay. Thanks, Kathy. We appreciate you listening and certainly appreciate you calling in this morning to talk about the importance of toasting the Reuben on both sides and not serving a soggy Reuben. No one likes that. All right, it's time for a break. When we come back, we will have our first guest uh, of the show today. We will have Jesse Florence Zener, co-owner of the Greenhouse on Porter in Ocean Springs and in Biloxi. They are known for their fantastic biscuits and laid back atmosphere and they have built quite a community there on the Gulf Coast. They'll talk to us about how the pandemic has affected their business and maybe give us some tips on biscuit making, Carol. So stay tuned. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Each week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. I'm south of Detroit City, 
pulled in this country kitchen. Try their brand of barbecue, the signs it finger licking. I paid the tab and the lady asked me how'd I like my biscuit. I'll be honest with you, ma'am. It ain't like mama fixed it. Cause where I come from, it's cornbread and chicken. Where I come from. Big South Dining, we're going country on you this morning. We're talking about biscuits, whether they come from your mama's house, from the truck stop, or from the greenhouse on Porter. Carol, who we got today? We have Jesse with us today, and I am so, Jesse Zinder, I am so excited about this. I, to, to meet you, uh, to, or talk to you in person, I have watched you make biscuits on Facebook Live. That's <laughs> great. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be on the show. Well, we're glad to have you, and we connected, uh, of course, on the Cooking and Coping website, and uh, also just because of the wonderfulness that you guys have created there. Uh, at the greenhouse on Porter and Ocean Springs and has now spread to Biloxi as well. But talk to us a little bit about your food uh, at the greenhouse and particularly those award-winning biscuits. <laughs> yeah, so we started off pretty small with coffee, biscuits, and beer. Um, we do pour over coffee and our biscuits, when we started, it was just regular biscuits and sweet potato biscuits, but we got a little bit more adventurous as time went on and started adding all kinds of stuff to our biscuits, like chocolate chips or roasted tomatoes or who knows, anything that you can put in, in, a, in a biscuit, really. And when did y'all open? We opened in 2015. Uh-huh. And tell us about the greenhouse. The greenhouse is this tiny, um, it was a greenhouse. It was a nursery. Um, it was built in the 40s. And Kate, my business partner, and I drove by, and it was overgrown, tiny little shack, and we just fell in love with it. Um, it's got a big yard out to the side where we have music, and the best place in the world to be on a rainy day is in the greenhouse with the rain hitting the roof and it being sunny feeling inside. It's so neat. Such a neat now, place. Jesse, the... The greenhouse in Ocean Springs is now a part of a larger development with a hotel and some other entities, right? Yes. Um, there's a lot of stuff happening at that end of Porter. Um, right next door is the Beatnik, which is for sweet little cottages, a beautiful little pool. Um, just seems like such a fun place to be and place to stay. I want to go stay in there one day. Um, across the street, I believe they're going to be putting in a brewery and a restaurant, um, more kind of pub food, high-end pub food. And then there's actually a little garden behind uh, behind Sweets right now that's serving Vestige downtown. Great. Yeah. So when did you open your second location? Oh, you know, the best time ever, about a month before <laughs> the pandemic hit. <laughs> perfect timing. Yeah, there's been a lot of that perfect timing going on. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, from, from what I saw in your Facebook, uh, your Facebook page, you know, people were talking about you having a floor. What is the meaning of that? Having a what? Floor. That your your new location was fancier. Than <laughs> well, the greenhouse on Porter, um, we have a main little room where a kitchen is in. But here, the one in Biloxi, which is where I'm at right now, it has an actual floor. It's an actual restaurant. Um, it used to be a subway a long time ago. Um, so we have we have a legitimate floor here. <laughs> okay. the, of course, the greenhouse does not have a floor. 
No. So talk a little bit about what else you serve uh, at at the restaurants beyond the biscuit and the the pour over coffee. Yeah. So since um, since we've been able to have a kitchen at the Biloxi restaurant, our Ocean Springs restaurant, if you've ever been in there, the kitchen is probably smaller than the kitchen at your house. Um, It's really hilarious to imagine four people behind the counter there. Um, But since we have a larger kitchen at the Biloxi restaurant, we're able to expand our menu to include things like chicken salad and um, quiche and I don't know, just kind of anything we decide to make that day, really. Um, It's a really fun environment where we all kind of get a chance to be a bit creative. Go ahead, Carol. Well, I I was going to say that, uh, you know, from everything I hear about the greenhouse and read about it, that community is the big thing for you and Kate, building something with community, and that you have a bumper sticker that simply says everyone. Mm -hmm. And what I'm wondering is this sense of community has been so challenged during COVID. And uh, I just wanted to hear how you're keeping that same feel of everyone uh, during the pandemic. Yeah, you know, it's definitely a challenge when we, before COVID happened, our main shop felt like a living room where people would come in that you knew and you could ask about their family and you knew what was going on and they knew what was going on in your life. And so since everything is curbside service at the moment or to go it just, there has been a barrier of the front door that's been put between us. And so now we're really learning how to just connect through both taking a little bit longer to take orders at the at the counter, but also things like posting those live videos and kind of coming up with ways to have events safely outside. Um, those have been really important to us and things that have made us and our community feel a bit stronger, I believe. Well, you're also known for your live music, uh, Greenhouse Presents. Are you able to uh, restart that, or are you still not yeah. in the live gatherings? Yeah, we are. Um, we have come up with a way to do the outdoor events where we allow people to purchase an entire table together um, instead of individual tickets or coming showing up at the door so that folks know who they're sitting with. Um, and they're able to not have masks on at the table like most dining facilities, but if they're up and about, they have to have masks on. And so we space out the tables and blankets and we're able to have live music. And our first event was so beautiful. Let me tell you, it was just ma- a magical evening that I think everybody needed. And so who was playing? Simone French played at our first event. Um, and that was, oh, I guess back at the beginning of September. Um, she's for an artist from Mobile, and she just has a way to charm over the Greenhouse family. I mean, it is, everybody is in awe of her. She's lovely. It sounds like a, fa- a family reunion for the Greenhouse. It, you know, it really is. I mean, it's like any other small town, really. It's, everybody seems to know everybody at least a little bit, and it just feels good when, after so much time, that we all get a chance to at least see each other across the yard. You know, it feels good. So, Jesse, give us a little bit of insight uh, into the recipe of these fantastic biscuits that you guys are famous for. Whose recipe is it? Um, well, I believe it was Kate's grandmother's, but it's really, I don't know if you've really heard this, like that song that introduced this segment. 
it's not about the recipe because it's just a basic recipe. It's butter, flour, uh, buttermilk, salt, and pepper. But it's really about learning the texture of the dough and not overworking it. And it takes, it's a joke because it takes like a grandmother's experience to really get the texture right and really develop a good biscuit. Hmm. Well, that's what I, I, I watched the watched the video. Is Malcolm knows uh, biscuit making was was on my list of New Year's resolutions, and I've had some not so good success, <laughs> and and you know some success, and I think that you know the difference is doing it over and over and over again to get the feel. So I was very interested in how you because I thought. Just from reading your list of biscuits, like your biscuit of the day, I think last week was chocolate chip pumpkin biscuit with toasted marshmallows. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, well, let me just see how they do a plain biscuit. But it's all about, you know, technique. I I, I saw saw with your hands and the I was like, I wish I could feel what you know what she's she's feeling now uh, because you were talking about not overworking the dough yeah so once you get i guess you first cut the butter into the dough using a pastry knife or forks or your fingers or cheese grater however you want to make the butter small into the flour and then when you add your buttermilk or i guess in that flour mixture you also include salt pepper and baking powder but once you get the butter into that flour mixture you add buttermilk just until it comes together so you don't keep stirring it just as soon as everything's kind of wet, you dump it out and start shaping it and patting it out. So there's no kneading. There's no super mixing. It's just to get things wet. Hmm. Oh, there's a tip. Yeah, and, and I also was interested that you were making square bis you know, square biscuits that you're not putting them in the round pan all bump, you know, bumped up together. So, so tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, when you cut out biscuits, the way my mom and my mom used to cut them out with a glass, you know, to make them round, um, you waste all those little corners between each biscuit. And I am, and Kate, we're both a little bit obsessive about not wasting food and effort. And so we just cut them into squares so that we don't waste any of that biscuit dough. And it all goes into the biscuit. And none of it goes into the trash. So they come out looking sort of like a, a little small a uh, slider or something. Yeah, exactly. So you can put anything on a on a square anything. slider. You know, we've we've just about decided that um, there's no limits to what we can put into a biscuit. Um, every year, this year's the only one that we haven't done it, but every year we've had a biscuit tournament where we have our <laughs> customers suggest ideas of what goes in the biscuit and what goes on the biscuit. And, you know, it's so much fun. It is so much fun just to kind of use it as a canvas to try new flavors out and try new techniques out on cooking and just experiment. Well, I wanted to ask you if you could just walk us through. There was a biscuit that you were featuring. It, it's a roasted tomato, it says, with fluff <laughs> and, and roasted squash. So with your basic biscuit, how, how are you going to do that? Okay, so we take our biscuit dough, and once you get the flour in there, you add your spices and your your filling. So I would add garlic and probably oregano and thyme and red pepper flakes and some tomatoes that I'd roasted, and I'd pour that into the 
pile of the flour and then I start adding the buttermilk and because the tomatoes have a little bit of moisture in them already I kind of go easy on the buttermilk to make sure I don't get them too wet um, once I get that made I cut them out like normal biscuits throw those in the oven um, and then I top them with this stuff called fluff which we can't really tell you what it is it's a secret um, it's the only guarded secret that's in our restaurant aside from our pimento cheese but it's a creamy goodness. It's dairy based and it's fluffy. It's delicious. So we top wow. it with this creamy fluff and then we roast some butternut squash in the oven and take a scoop of butternut squash that's got salt, pepper and olive oil on it and put that on top as well. So it's all oh. pretty simple food. It's just real and good. Well, I guess wow. I, I zeroed in on the fluff. I was very, <laughs> I was very intrigued. So, what is your best-selling biscuit besides just the plain biscuit? Well, I would have to say our sweet potato biscuits pretty magic, and our I mean our special biscuits, our flavored biscuits, they change up every day just depending on the season and stuff. So those tend to be the most popular just because they're unique that day. But sweet potato biscuits, where we mix sweet potato into the dough um, with honey butter or pimento cheese, is just oh my gosh. about as, as, about <laughs> as crazy as you need to go. They're just so, they feel like home when you eat them. Ease up, Jesse. I don't think Carol's had breakfast. <laughs> I, I know, and I know that Java has it. But another thing I'm interested in and wondering if this is a, a pivot during the pandemic that you're actually selling frozen biscuits to your customers no we actually started that a few years ago around thanksgiving and christmas because it was important that kate and i both and our staff both have time with our family but people wanted our biscuits on their christmas and thanksgiving tables and so we came up with just kind of a method of selling frozen dough so that people could bake them at home on in the morning for um their holiday dinners well, the reason that I'm so interested in that is because since Malcolm has a home in Bay St. Louis, I'm figuring that he could he could slide by and get Java and me a few pans of of biscuits. Yeah, we'd love to stay on biscuits for sure. Yeah. I think we can work that out. I think we can work that out. So Jesse, you talked about that uh, pimento cheese. I know you're not gonna give us the recipe. But since we are a show about Southern flavor, can you talk just a little bit about it so our listeners will kind of get a hint as to what you do with, with your pimento cheese? Yeah, um, our pimento cheese is almost what you'd find inside of a cheese ball. It's real thick and just kind of, it's creamy. Um, it's not, you don't see slivers of cheese in it um, with lots of mayonnaise around it. And it's pretty spicy in a good way. You know, I've, I can't really say more than that, except for that it's just, I eat it just about every day for breakfast <laughs> on a plain biscuit or on a ham and egg sandwich. But oh boy, I'd love a ham and egg a biscuit with some pimento cheese it on is, it. It is for real, I promise. Um, that is really my favorite breakfast, although I know I shouldn't be eating that every single day. But I, uh, I just, I really love the variations of pimento cheese by family and by restaurant um i mean lauren at eat drink love down the street from the greenhouse on porter her pimento cheese is totally different and amazing as well my mom's is wonderful she puts horseradish in hers she might kill me for telling you that but um <laughs> and then like there's ann madden over at bay st louis her mama makes some to die for 
uh, pimento cheese. So, I mean, I think I just love how unique that everybody's is and that you can kind of taste just a whole world of different pimento cheeses across the South. Yeah, I agree. I love good pimento cheese and I love the more variety, the better. I agree. All right, well, we're going to take a break. Jesse, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Everybody uh, who ever thinks about driving to the Mississippi Gulf Coast should stop in at the greenhouse on Porter, either in Ocean Springs or Biloxi. Uh, Jesse uh, Florence Zener is co-owner, and we certainly appreciate you joining us this morning. Thanks so much. Well, thank you. Bye, Jesse. Thank Bye, y'all. When we come back, we'll have another coast personality join us julian brunt julian is a food writer photographer and always has his finger on the pulse of the coast food scene we'll talk to him about what he likes and what he's eating these days so stay tuned for julian brunt a contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think eh, maybe i'll try it myself some jobs just aren't that difficult and yes you can do it if you want to find out how to do those things listen to fix it 101 podcast everywhere every week we explore practical advice about law healthcare, and gardening we delve into arts cooking and people in places that make our state great contribute now at mpbonline.org mpb and you let's do this together this is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Carol, how are you? Malcolm, I'm doing great. All that talk about biscuits, though, is making me hungry. Yeah, that's what our show's all about. It's not only about the culture of Southern flavor, it's also about the culture of getting something to eat when you're hungry and making it interesting. Yes. And speaking of interesting, we're going to welcome my old friend Julian Brunt to the show. Julian's from Biloxi, and he and I go way back to about, I would say, 2005, uh, just after Katrina came ashore. And he was at the Dusty Bonger Foundation, and I was at the Arts Commission. And we're still friends and still talking about good food. Hey, Julian, how you doing? Hey, Malcolm, how are you? Man, hey, life is a good. Hey, Jesse. You know, Malcolm's claiming that you know you are old friends, but we are new friends through the Cooking and Coping right. website because I'm one of your That's biggest right. fans. You have given new meaning oh, to well, sandwiches and breakfast. <laughs> yeah, we love well, a man who posts his know, breakfast. <laughs> well, I'm you know I'm a bachelor. And it, it, really, those breakfasts are all about leftovers. It's what's in the, what's in the refrigerator is what what's going to be for breakfast. <laughs> well, I'm I'm sitting here looking at one of my favorite pictures of yours on cooking and coping, and it was called three a.m. snack. And first of all, the photography is beautiful, but you have well, have you. multi multi grain bread with six pieces of Vienna sausage topped with some gorgeous pickles and you asked the question did i go too far <laughs> yeah that, i've never known julian to ask far. that question <laughs> <laughs> well i like to be creative in the kitchen you know 
So what are you working on these days? I know you're a freelance writer and you do a lot of photography. I've seen a lot of your articles in right. Mississippi Magazine and certainly on uh, there in the Sun-Herald. What's going on? Right. Well, I mean, I'm still working for everybody that I was working for. Sun-Herald, Mississippi Magazine, Eat Drink Mississippi, and occasionally Okra Magazine. And when I, I call this the, the recent unpleasantness. I really thought that it would be the end of food writing, but it's it's been the opposite. I've been busier than ever. And well, you know, I, the Sun Herald saw, is a, Excuse is a, me, go ahead, Jesse. I mean, go ahead, Julia. Uh, the Sun Herald. Jesse's also a good friend of mine, and coincidentally, I'm sitting in front of the greenhouse in Ocean Springs right now. Uh, <laughs> a little coincidental. Well, I, I was going to make the make the comment, and I. I terribly interrupted you that I saw the article that you wrote about the greenhouse in the August and September issue of Eat Drink. And uh-huh. a great, great article. That's, it's my favorite hangout. I'm there just about every day. But what I was going to say is the Sun Herald is a weekly uh, restaurant story. And the requirements are that it's a new restaurant or a restaurant that has been had a complete makeover, new chef, new menu. So that's 52 restaurant stories a year, and it's very seldom that I revisit uh, a restaurant. So there are new restaurants opening all the time. And interestingly, I think a lot of people that have been thinking about opening a restaurant have said, you know, if I'm ever going to do it, now is the time. So I would have thought that there would have been no new restaurants at all, but it's the opposite is true. Hmm. That is interesting. So you're down in Biloxi and you're working mostly the coast, though you do travel statewide because I get to see you occasionally. Uh, what's some right. of the, uh, what, what sort of recent finds have you happened upon? What are some cool things that you've stumbled on? And I know that you talk about that sushi bar in the strip mall, Lee's Place. Right. Right. Well, there's a, there's a new butcher shop in Ocean Springs called Four Bulls which sells Mississippi-raised Wagyu beef, which is stunningly good. Uh, that's a, that's a, recent, a recent opening. Uh, I, you know, there's not a, I mean, there's, the t- trend is the restaurants, the restaurants that are healthy are the ones that are being innovative. And, and doing something different. I talked to Chef Alex Perry of Vestage the other day, and he told me that he was working three times as hard uh, to make ends meet, but he's, he has changed to a prefix menu, uh, so it's reduced his inventory, and he seems to be doing very well. I mean, most of, most of them do. Most of them are doing well. Um, with the change in weather, it's, it's gumbo time, so I've started making gumbo again uh, and going to be having some gumbo classes, uh, the first one is going to be at the, uh, the Oro O'Keefe on the 17th of October. Uh, there's a new director there. I don't, do you remember, uh, David Houston from the Ogden? Yeah, for, I do. And I've visited with David since he's uh, come to the Oro. I'm very excited about his tenure. Yeah, he's doing, doing a lot of very innovative things. He's got a, a beer making class that's coming up, uh, after my class. Uh, and I mean, all sorts of interesting stuff, so. Are you still teaching classes uh, at the uh, the Children's Museum? No, no. I we were doing classes at the uh, Maritime and Seafood Industry Museum, 
but all the tours okay. have shut down because there's a, uh, uh, they, they only let like 20 people on a bus at a time and it's just not, it's just not financially feasible to do it. But hopefully those will, will kick up again. I'm, I'm talking to them about doing some outside classes, but I think the classes are going to be mostly at the, at the, at the or. Okay. What, what's the uh, general health of the seafood uh, on the coast these days? It seems to be doing great. I, I am by Desports in Biloxi, which is now moved to Kaivet Street. And Sean Desport tells me that the retail is a little bit slow, but the, the, the wholesale for the restaurants is just great. That's so good to hear. And you know, one of the questions I wanted to ask you uh, is about the Biloxi Seafood Cookbook. Uh, Malcolm and another friend, Sally Killebrew, gave me this cookbook back, I believe, in could have been two thousand one. It couldn't have been that that long ago. But um, is is this still in print? And if it is, where can people buy it? Okay, that I wrote that cookbook for the Maritime and Seafood Industry Museum, so they own it, and that's the only place that you can get it right now. Well, it is a wonderful, wonderful book. Uh, yeah, the the shrimp and grits. Uh, I think it, they were from somebody uh-huh. in in Memphis, like a barbecue place in Memphis. Just delicious. Yeah, it's you know I wanted to write a cookbook that was not a reference book, something that was interesting enough that you could actually sit down and read it. And actually, I'm just about finished with the second book. Uh, and it's it's along similar lines. It's uh, it's got recipes in it. It's got suggestions, a lot of family stories. Uh, you know, I tried to spice it up and make it as interesting as I can. And I'm I'm in the really really boring part right now of a final edit, which is I'm pulling yeah. my hair out. I, it's that's really hard for me to sit still and, and do that sort of thing. But I'm talking to a couple of editors and 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 we'll see where it goes from there. Well, yesterday was National Taco Day, and I was on track. You have you have two fish taco recipes in the book, and I was on track to make Max's fish taco, and it it just didn't uh-huh. happen. So I can make it not uh-huh. on National Taco Day. <laughs> yeah, hey, Judy, what about that place down in Gulf? What about Go the uh, taco place in Gulfport? that makes those fabulous shrimp tacos. Is it the, the tamale shack? Is that what it's called? You know, I was going to do a story on them recently and I, I haven't been, I, I went by and it was a few minutes before closing and they were out of everything. So I've got to go back. I hear absolutely wonderful things about them. Uh, but I, but well, I'll tell you what, those shrimp tacos uh, are first rate when you go. You tend to want to eat the tamale heard, since it's yeah. called the tamale shack, but those shrimp tacos right, rock. Right. Yeah, yeah. There's a, another very cool place that I just discovered, although it's been around a while, in Bay St. Louis called the Bodega. Uh, oh, I don't yeah. know if you've been there, but it's kind of a, a beachside dive bar. Uh, the food is, is really good. I think it's Ricky, wouldn't it? I think he had a restaurant called Ricky's. Yeah, he had Ricky's restaurant. Previous to that. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so it, tell us it, about the food. What kind of stuff place. do they have? That's just beach, beachside stuff, burgers, and but it's kind of 
jazzed up a little bit. I don't have the menu sitting in front of me, but I, I did enjoy my visit. Well, I can tell you what I eat every time I go to the Bodego. I get the gumbo, which I think they do an excellent job with, and I get an order of potato salad, and I get a shrimp romalade every time, those three items. Oh. Now, do, you, do you put the potato salad in the gumbo? I do, and I'm not afraid of that, as some people are. <laughs> that's I thought it was a horrible idea right. the first time I heard of it, but <laughs> I tried it. It's, that's controversial. <laughs> we used to mix our potato salad with our roast beef and gravy when I was a kid, so it doesn't bother me when really? I have to slide it over into the gumbo. Huh. Interesting. All right, we, Junior, we got a caller. Bill from Greenwood is on the phone. Bill, what's going on up there? Oh, not too much. Kind of cold. Uh, y'all remember Jerry Clower, don't you? And, and oh, oh, yeah. Shoot up in there amongst them. <laughs> well, my mama used to make catfish, but around here they're all flatheads, and they taste like they were made with clabber girl. They're not too good, so I was wondering if you could give me a simple recipe just to make you some real good high-rising biscuits. And can you use Pioneer or Bisquick? Is that okay? I tell you what we're going to do, Bill. We're going to post a recipe on our website. Um, we we love biscuits and we talk a lot about them, and we enjoy hearing from from Ze, uh, from Jesse down at the greenhouse. So we'll put a nice recipe that's simple and easy to make on there. Might even get Jesse. I've got to, her recipe. There you I'll, go. I'll we're going to post it. Yeah, I'll send her recipe to Java. All right, we got another caller, and it's actually uh, our great friend uh, Chef Flambeau calling us from the Mississippi State fairgrounds with a report on what's cooking at the fair this year chef you there i'm here how are y'all this morning man we're good well good good well I'm what's happening to be back it's been well, a year since we talked to you it has but we'll talk every fair if that's okay with y'all that's fine with us well, I was going to say, listen, we got to deal with the elephant in the room first, or maybe I ought to say the elephant on, on the midway. That COVID, you know, is still here, so I'll be wearing my mask. So I'm going to take along some hand sanitizer, so when I take my mask on and off to eat, I can sanitize my hands, and I'll feel good about myself. I'm gonna good be careful. idea, Chef. Well, let me ask you this. I've enjoyed listening to y'all talk about biscuits, but let me ask you two cooks this. Do y'all know how to make taffy? I hadn't made taffy in years. Well, I've never made taffy, Chef. Taffy is sugar and corn syrup mixed. And the reason they pull it in them long lengths is to put the air into it to make it soft. How about that? Hmm. Who yeah. knew? Chef Flambeau. You know that? Of course Do I one. knew that. And Chef Flambeau knows that, too. Well, I'm going to get me a box and take home. Now, my opinion on the fair, the best Italian sausage sandwich down there is to be had is the booth down there on the north side of the Midway by the Coliseum. It's the booth closest. You know the big bud tent where they have the shows? The concerts? Oh, yeah. It's right there beside that. And if, you, if you're nice to them, they'll give you some extra peppers and onions. And that sandwich is knocked out good. And then what <laughs> you ought to do is head back toward the front of the fair and look to your left. And you'll see a cinnamon roll stand. Mm. Well, the flambeau tip of the day is to buy two or three of them. <laughs> they are they are delicious. 
and eat one of those things, and you'll have enough sugar in your system to last you to Thanksgiving. What about those biscuits they give away down there? Well, I was going to say, last but not least, stop at the biscuit booth down toward the kitty rides and get you a biscuit, and they put syrup on it, and they're delicious. And here's hmm. one. This is another flambeau tip of the day. Get you a milk. They'll sell you milk for about 50 cents next door to the biscuit booth. You know, milk goes with biscuits. So oh, then yeah. what you do, you walk about another 20 feet, you can sit down and watch the pig races. <laughs> and Hadn't thought about that. It's perfect. Well, let me tell you one thing. I'll leave you alone. In addition to being a roving chef, I'm also a pig race handicapper. Did you know that? I had not. I, I did not I know not that. I'm not surprised, actually. Well, here's the flambeau tip of the day. Bet to place, win, place, and show. Put your money on Notorious P.I.G., <laughs> Tiki Smalls, and Kim Kardashian. <laughs> it's a now sure there, okay, there is so, some news you can use, folks. Okay, so let me make sure I have this right, Chef. To win, I've got Notorious P.I.G. To place, place. Piggy Smalls. Okay, and Kim Kardashian. To show. To, sh to show. Gra I can't, I'm going to place my bet right after, after this. Well, they're not well, quite open sure yet. Oh, you don't think they'll be open by, by 10 o'clock? I don't believe the fair has actually started yet. Oh. It's a few more days. We're just getting a, a, a preview yeah. of the fair. Starts it's Wednesday. next week, I believe. Starts Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday. Okay. Okay. Well, I have to be there when it opens. And I hear they well, got a bunch of that uh, bluegrass music playing down there. Well, that's right there, down there by the biscuit booth. It'll be good. I hear the Vernon Brothers are playing and Bill and Temperance and Jeff and there's some other bluegrass bands, right? Yep. Yep. That's what I hear. Well, I know you love bluegrass as much as you love biscuits. I'll be back and forth all week long. Well, Chef, we do appreciate you calling us and giving us a fair uh, update and a preview. Those are great tips. Yeah, we appreciate it. please have a turkey leg for us and a funnel cake. You know I will. That's our man on the ground at the State Fair. That's uh, Chef Fatty Flambeau uh, reporting from the fairgrounds. And, uh, Julian, if you survived that, are you still with us? Yes, I'm here. All right. So do you all have a fair on the coast? No, we don't. Don't well, have a fair down there. Well, we've got cruising going on this week. That's sort of a fair all along the coast. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of old fancy cars. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, cruising the coast, yeah. I'm so, that, I'm so glad that COVID hasn't, uh, you know, affected that because that is a fabulous event with people coming from yeah, all over. Thousands of cars. It's a great tourism attraction. So would you say, uh, Julian, that the uh, overall restaurant uh, health is, is good uh, down on the coast? I know that the aquarium has opened, um, but I don't know about the casinos. Are they back full steam yet the casinos the casinos are open but not all of the restaurants are open in the casinos okay okay and so cruising's happening so, and uh, do they have uh, food set up along the uh 
the cruising pathways in the different communities? No, I think it's pretty much bring your own. Most of the people are in campers and they bring their grills and uh, they're cooking for themselves. Oh, okay. All right. I didn't know if they had set up vendors along the way or not. I know each of the communities no, on the I, coast. Some I haven't, I haven't seen any. Okay. Julian, I, I wanted to thank you for you know what you've done on cooking and coping. I mean, you have been one of the favorite posters, and and people always comment on on what you're doing. And I, I'm just kind of wondering if if you've made any new friends or gotten any ideas yourself from that Facebook page. No, you know, I don't. I mean, I like a lot of the photography that goes on there. There's really some very very creative stuff. But I've, I've introduced the site to a bunch of my friends, uh, and everybody just everybody loves it. Well, we love it, too. We've had so much fun with it. You know, we started it right at the, at the beginning of the quarantine to try to, you know, keep right. our community together. And it's, it's now at 2,700 people, and it, uh, I'm just amazed every day at the, at the creativity and then the non-creativity mm-hmm. of people who are just, you know, putting great food on their table for their family. Nothing exciting, just wonderful. We want to thank Julian Brontford calling in today and being our guest on Deep South Dining. Julian is a writer, photographer, and a uh, also a cookbook author. Uh, also, Jesse Zener from Ocean Springs and Biloxi, Greenhouse on Porter. Thanks a lot to our callers, our listeners. We appreciate it. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. It is funded by generous contributions from listeners like yourself. Our show was produced by the one and only Java Chapman, my co-host Carol Puckett, and our guest today, Jesse Zener and Julian Brunt. I'm Malcolm White. Thank you so much. We appreciate Chef Flambeau giving us a report from the fairgrounds. Join us every Monday at 9 o'clock in the morning for Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio.